sometimes it's best to just like be natural and just go with the flow of things. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like that's, that that's how I work. Like that's part of my process of working. It's like it's not even like let me think about these things or let me like process this shit. It's like let's just go put some color down and then like after we after we're done putting like a layer of color down let's just take a step back and be like what is this you know like what's going on here right 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 right. like sometimes like it's it's good to think before you act in a lot of scenarios in life but sometimes it's just good just to act you know and take that step back afterwards and be like is this how was that 100 percent, 110 percent. so real quick because i know what you do but explain to (laughs) whoever is listening what the hell do you do like, what are you about? Uh, well, first of all, my name's Apollo. Um, <laughs> I am a painter in New York. I'm currently a junior at, at NYU. Um, I focus mainly in abstract painting, uh, expressionist painting, to be exact. And that's about it. I don't. I mean, it's kind of simple, man. It's just painting and shit, you know? Right, right, I don't right. Know. What ex- you said it was what expressionist painting? Yeah, yeah, expressionist. So, so like, what, like, um, what exactly is that? So expressionism is a form of abstraction. It's like a, it's like another like small umbrella term under abstract art mm-hmm. that was originated um, in World War II. After World War II, um, it was a lot of anger, basically anger painting or emotional painting um, about that was supposed to like capture like the death. Uh, that was currently going on with the war and all that stuff. So oh, that's where a lot of artists like uh, like Franz Klein, like Jackson Pollock, like Robert Motherwell, um, they all sort of came up in that area, in, in that era. And their come up was actually kind of interesting because they were they were all industry plants. Really? They weren't like yeah, they weren't like these like artists that people liked, and then all of a sudden like that's how they are now back then they were all fucking industry plants that the cia was like we need it we need american art to be as top-notch as european art and so we're gonna push these fucking people that we think are cool and that our citizens think are halfway decent you're fucking and telling me how- jackson pollock was like an fbi i swear to god no he wasn't no 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 not not like that not like that yeah yeah it wasn't it yeah but like it was all like CIA base. Let's like push this stuff. Let's make American art on the same level as international art. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and then and that's sort of like the whole Irascible Eighteen, which is essentially a group title for all of those like eighteen American artists, American painters, okay. and every like almost every single one of them committed suicide because of all of this because they felt like their work was being put on a pedestal that it didn't deserve, or like Jeez. they felt like they didn't deserve to like be there. You know what I mean? Like, Fuck, fucking you learn crazy something shit. new every day. Jesus Christ. Fucking crazy shit, man. And we, yeah. and we think like, you know, like music industry type stuff today. We think like that's like way too involved in industry plant and like commercialized. <laughs> no, we got fucking. Yeah, man. These elitist it's... World War II club. What the fuck? Okay. That completely. This art world's crazy, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you. This art world is so, it's, it's just so much elitism, so much gatekeeping. Um, you can get oh, caught yeah. up in it pretty easy, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's with anything. I think that's, that's with anything, though. Yeah, yeah man. That's that's true. Uh, is there anything, like, just more about, like, okay, so we know you do, like, expressionism. But, like, mm-hmm. is there any sort of specific topic or, like, theme that you, like, tend to work around or try to, like, consistently put into your art? Or is it just kind of whatever you're feeling? That's a really difficult question to answer, but it's a good question to ask, I'd say. Okay. I think that it I think that I think it's very present minded. And okay. so I can't really necessarily say like 
plans or like future plans or future things. I have things I envision. I have things that like my brain's like, let's do this eventually. But like the only thing I can really talk about right now is like a series of work I'm making where it's about it's it's about sort of the the, the tension around individuality versus equality and how not and how like sometimes those those concepts aren't always equal or they're not right. always meant to be conflated together. Um, and I think for me, it, it resonates in like being biracial in the sense okay. that I, you know, I'm half black, I'm half white. I lived in, with my mom my entire life and her family who are very, very dark, dark skinned. And, and, and in comparison to me, I'm white to them. Right. right. And they, <laughs> right. They, like for them, it's like, like I'm fully white, essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, and it's not even just about the way I look. It's about the way I talk, the things I did. I went to private school. I went to, I'm not NYU. I'm a painter. I do art. Like for, to them, it's like, it's non-traditional of what it means to be black. And mm. so the black identity or the black group identity that gets placed um, with my family uh, is something that I'm not associated with naturally, just based on the things I like to do and my experiences in life. Right. right and right. with that in relation to that white half of me where it's like i went to this private school for 12 13 years of my life where it's like this private catholic school where everybody there is white for the first seven years and i look absolutely nothing like them i talk <laughs> absolutely nothing like them i have want nothing I, I i'm not interested in anything they do <laughs> and so right. it's just like it's like okay well clearly i'm not white but clearly i'm not black either and it's not in the sense of like racially even or literally even but conceptually theoretically like what does it mean to be a white person what does it mean to be a black person and like okay. what does that divide like really consume of and so when looking at the work that's sort of the questions i'm asking and even a more literal question to be asked is like certain people just just based on the geometric shapes and based on the color patterns and based on the fact that this body of work is is very monochromatic you know why is it that when you're looking at the work, are you so hell-bent on staring at the white for so long? And why is it that when you go and look at the black, it's extremely difficult to look at? What is that saying about me? What is that saying about my past experiences? And what does it say about your bias? And if you get hell-bent and stuck in the black, why is it that you can never go back to the white? Right. Like what, are, what, are, what are all these conceptual theoretical terms meaning? And that's, that's sort of like... I don't know. This might be a little bit off topic of what I'm doing, but it's more about what my interest is with abstraction. It's like, that's why I like abstraction so much is because it requires intellectual, conceptual, creative, imaginative value to be invested in the work from the viewer just as much as the, the artist themselves. Like, okay. when you look at a realistic or a figurative painting or whatever the hell, like, you look at it and you're like, oh, that's a cow. Oh, that's a beach. That's a tree. That's the sky. Right, you know, like, like the artist is like kind of doing all the work there. Right, right. Like all the work's being placed. There's no value in making things. Like everything is what it is, very literally, right? And there is a beauty to being able to be technically sound and whatnot, but there's also a beauty in being able to invest value in what, 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 can't, you, what can't you see, you know? Like what yeah. are the things in this world that you can't hear? What are the things in this world you can't see? What are the things you can't tangibly touch? And how does that relate to a painting? You know? And for those answers to be solved, for those questions to be explored, it's like the work has to be sort of like an investment in the same way that a stock is. You know? Okay. Like 
sometimes you invest in a painting and the painting's just not that great. Sometimes mm. you invest in a painting and the painting changes like your whole like se- like it it interacts with like all of your senses, you know? Like sometimes you get in an abstract painting and it's like it's a portal, it's a door to a different world and you're ex- and like you get very very close to that painting and all of a sudden now you're feeling things, you're hearing things, you're seeing things that weren't that weren't there when you were standing 7 feet b- back. But now mm. that you're 7 inches away, all of a sudden now all of these like sensory sen- sensory elements are there. And that's like totally what I'm what I'm interested in. And like, uh, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, man. That's that's. I get what you're talking about, though, because it's about you know, like, um, what I guess what you were trying to describe earlier with the whole like biracial thing about like, and how that that gets put into your work. That sort of like almost internal like tug of war sort of mm-hmm. thing. So right. yeah, I t- I totally like get that and trying to you know. Uh, use just art like in any form to like pull more senses or to like almost grab like the viewer like the audience's hand and just like you know bring them along and and bring certain things out of them is something that is Mm. one hard as shit to do and two fucking like (laughs) mad impressive because you know I agree with what you said about realism it's just like yeah making stuff look like real life with a fucking pencil is like hard as hell Right. But are you really getting anything from that? Like as the viewer, mm. you see it and you know like what it is. Right. There there there's a cap there, you know. Right, right, right. And you might be comfortable with that cap and that's why there's people that like realism. They like the 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 cap. They like the fact that it can't be anything more than it is, right? Right. Like it's the same thing with people that like small paintings versus large paintings. It's like you like the fact that this painting is framed in a certain way, it's sized in a certain way, so that it doesn't extend beyond your vision. And you can impose yourself on the work. Whereas with large paintings, it's much harder to do. And it's a much more intense feeling. Right, you right, know? right. So, yeah, man. It, it is very difficult. It's not fucking easy. And I think that's probably why I'm a rat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> a little subway rat. You gotta fit in. Right, man? Like the rat, the rat man, the actual rat man and <laughs> running around New York. I haven't seen him yet. I want to see him, though. Have you? Well, okay. Have you had any, like, direct rat experiences in New York, like, in your room or, like, in a subway or anything like that? What do you mean direct rat? Like, just, like, have you, like, seen a rat or has there, like, been a rat, like, around you? And if so, how Oh, yeah. Times? Yeah. I mean, in the subway all the time. There's oh, always yeah. rats, like, on the, on the tracks. There's always, you know... You got homeless Rats people coming. pissing in the elevator of Penn Station, dude. Like, see, it's... I haven't, I haven't been in there, but like, I'll take your word for it. You know oh, I mean? you haven't been into Penn Station? I've been in Grand Central. Oh, <laughs> is that something? <laughs> no? Penn Station. Okay. Penn Station is entirely separate. That is <laughs> like bottom of the barrel. Like, just it's like its own That's little odd. underbelly, I guess. That's Jesus. just the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it's Penn that Station. bad. Yeah, it's nuts. all right. I'll stay away from that. Thanks for letting me know, though. <laughs> well, like <laughs> they did a thing like a year ago where they like renovated and cleaned up like like a fourth of Penn Station, but everything <laughs> else is still just Penn Station. <laughs> Everything's still contaminated, a biohazard. Oh yeah. Oh no, you my got, like, god. People like sleeping everywhere. I remember distinctly one of the times when I was in there when I was younger. We were in the elevator, and in the same elevator as us, there was a homeless dude just pissing in the corner. <laughs> that's that's gross, man. I'm gonna stay away from that. Thanks for letting me know, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's a great offer, but I, I think I'll pass. You know, yeah. 
I think I'll stay away. Holy right, shit. right, right. <laughs> yeah, man, that's gross. I mean, yeah, I've seen rats not just in subways though. I've seen them. I've seen them on the sidewalk. I see a lot of pigeons. It's weird. Oh yeah, I pigeons, pigeons too. I haven't seen a squirrel, and I've been in parks. <laughs> people tell people told me that if I go to parks, I'll see squirrels. I went to parks. Okay, I went to Union Square Park. I went to Central Park. I went to Washington Square. I didn't see a fucking squirrel, and I. <laughs> The only thing I saw one time is I, is I saw a bird that was different from a pigeon. But it was only one bird, and it happened one time. <laughs> it was, so it I wasn't don't a bird. It was just about. not a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know what the fuck. It could have been a dog, for fuck's sake. Like, a really just miniature dog. I mean, who knows? It wasn't a pigeon, though. Right. I, yeah, man. I don't know what people are talking about. This city's weird. They got way too many damn pigeons, bro. Yeah. it's New York is definitely, like, if there's any, 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 any place in America that has been... I guess just victim to commercialization and and consumerism. It is fucking New York City, hundred yeah. percent. Because you know you have all like the glam shit. Because obviously you have like NYU and all this art and and like Broadway's like the big thing there. But like wow, you actually go to New York City and you you see like fucking like eight <laughs> different people dressed up as Spider Man, all smoking crack. Like it's Spider Cuz, bro. <laughs> I saw Spider Cuz. Do you know you know that guy? Yeah, I think I know it's what you're Spider-Man talking about. Spider-Man guy with, like, the blue bandana. He's like, you know the vibes? Oh, my God. <laughs> dude, that guy is so fucking cool. I, like, I, dude, whenever I see that guy, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that actually gets me excited to be in New York. Like, shit like that. Bro, like, fuck all this tourist shit, bro. Seeing Spider-Cuz and shit like that honestly <laughs> makes me want to be in New York. Like, right. that's the only reason. Right. But, man, I couldn't live here. I oh, couldn't live here permanently. God. Hell no. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy. I don't know. It's, the city's like, the city's great, but like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a place where it's like you go, you stay there for not just like two weeks, like the casual tourist, but like, like you go and you live there for a few, for a you few experience years. it. You actually experience the city. You actually experience different things. You try different things. You see a lot of shit, but then you move on. You know, right? Like I don't want to get caught up in it because this city is too. It's too much it's too much of a city almost to the point where it's like i mean to the point where it's like it's not even like like when when i think about other cities i think about other towns or just other places in the world it doesn't feel like a place for humanity to be it feels like a place (laughs) for like no like it feels like it feels like a place of like capitalism it feels like a place of industry it feels like a place of commercialization it doesn't feel like a place where there should be apartment building it doesn't feel like a place where there should be townhouses. Right, because you step outside and you see just all these bright, glowy-ass billboards blasting you with, like, buy this, buy that, like, sort not of Not even that, but just, like, bad, like mountains of trash on every corner and shit oh, like that. Oh, yeah, like, that's, oh, Jesus. Like, it's so grimy, and it's so great that it's grimy. Like, I love that this city is so fucking grimy, and it gives me so much inspiration and motivation when working. Right, but right. But I couldn't imagine permanently being here. Like, I would drive myself up the fucking wall if I had to be here permanently. <laughs> I mean, fuck, man. At least, like, at least take me upstate, take me to Long Island somewhere, man. The Hamptons. I don't know. Oh, take yeah. me somewhere yeah. else that I can, like, commute in or something. Because, <laughs> right. dude, this city is, ugh. Yeah. ugh. It's a fucking lot. Pandering a little more back um, on topic, because uh, where me and you like separately are kind of at right now is cause I'm focusing a little more on like music related stuff and you're focusing more like right. on, you know, just like direct art or like painting. So right. is there any particular 
music or music artists that like directly inspire you or just anything that maybe shows up in your work in some sort of way so is there is there any music that like holds that influence over your own art even though like there's kind of that weird gap between like painting and music is there anything that kind of like breaches that gap for you yeah i'd say a lot of things i mean to be honest i don't even think there's that much of a gap like Right. I just feel like I feel like painting is the visual sentiment to music, and I think music's the auditory sentiment to painting. I feel like they're brothers and sisters in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that there are a lot of different artists that don't necessarily. Mm, I w- I wouldn't say inspire me, but motivate me, or they help shape the way I think about my career, or the way I think about painting, or the way I think. I think that. Kanye makes me want to be myself. Right, right. I feel like being a person that has bipolar disorder in the same way that he does, I've, throughout my life, I've I, I've always either been concerned that I'm saying too much or I'm not saying enough. And I feel like by looking at Kanye and the way he like just clearly doesn't give a fuck and the way he he says what's on his mind and he speaks his mind. And even if sometimes like it's misconstrued or he says the wrong thing or people take it and they run with it for whatever fucking narrative they have at the end of the day, he's being his genuine self. And I have a lot of respect for people like that. And I have, a, and I think, so I think that when looking at that, when looking at the way he, every single album is essentially a different genre of music. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's something that's very inspirational to me in the sense of like after every series change up the way I'm working or completely not necessarily focus on the things I'm doing right, but just focus on whatever the hell I'm not doing, you know? Right. So if I make, if I make an entire series of painting that's based around line work, everything I'm not doing is color blocking. Everything I'm not doing is geometric shapes. Everything I'm not doing is that. And now all of a sudden I'm doing that mm. where it's just literally monochromatic color blocking geometric shapes. That's it. You know? Right. Right. Um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say Kanye. I'd say someone that gets me in the mood to work or someone that I listen to a lot when I'm working is Bonnie Iver. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. Especially, uh, I think it's I.I., right? That's his I.I. I. I. Yeah, that was yeah. a 2019 album, I believe. That could be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like his... Because um, the whole album is, is, is clearly very, very clearly about, you know, being with yourself and just... Being true to yourself, loving yourself, caring about yourself, and focusing on yourself. And I think that, for me, myself, not not my ego necessarily, but who I am as a person in my most present moment is what gets me to work or is are the things that I talk about when working, generally speaking. Right. Um, yeah. And Boeing Bear just, like, yeah. in general, like, across the board sounds, like, super, like, therapeutic and very, yeah. like, introspective almost a little bit. Yeah. He's a, he, he's a really nice... <laughs> shit he's a, cut that out <laughs> no, <you're... laughs> he's a, no but i i think you're right i think bon Iver is a very like you said they're very very therapeutic very um just down-to-earth type of guy and i think that listening to that type of music is very soulful and very soul enriching mm-hmm. and i think that that's what i need when i work you know i need yeah. i need that i need that feeling so that i can know what that feels like so that I know how to reproduce it for other people to feel. Right. And everybody, yeah, everybody thinks that, like, you know, they can produce these great things. And this applies um, a lot, actually, to just a ton of music artists in general, but there are a lot of people who think, like, 
they can produce great art when, you know, like their mind is not and like their mental state or like their heart or their soul is just not like in a healthy spot. And as much as you may like, mm. as much as you may think that like 90% of the time it, it's going to miss because you're not like, you're going to doubt yourself and you're not like on that sort of like straight line sort of mental path of just whatever you want your vision to be because other stuff is going to constantly be getting in the way. But it's very easy to like get wrapped up in those sort of emotions. So you need like just like soul food or just stuff to like kind of cleanse you or yeah. anything like that. And whether that comes in the form of music or something else is like entirely different, you know? Well said. I I agree with that a lot. I think that that's sort of a that's part of the reason why I have a hard time connecting with some with people with people sometimes, mm-hmm. especially artists in the Lori side, is because a lot of them that's how they work, you know. Like right. they stay up for two days and then they paint, or right. they 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 have to get drunk before they paint, or they have to do drugs before they paint. And it's I don't know, it's cliche number one, and it's kind of like cringy, <laughs> yeah. um, and just like awkward. But on top of that, it's not realistic, and I think people through through any form of art, any medium of art, any or anything really, I think people resonate with humanism or the human experience, right. and I think the human experience isn't. It, the human experience isn't something glamorous. It's not necessarily something that's like, like it's it's not it's not an Instagram page. It's mm-hmm. not this very glamorous, bright, fantastic thing. Sometimes it's just dull. Sometimes it's just average. And I think having those moments, having those days, and working through those days, at the end of the day, I think that's what really helps capture who you are in your work. And I think right. that's what I think that's what allows people to to look at it and look look at art and not, and not just be like, oh, this is his style, but say, oh, this is that that artist, this is that person, mm-hmm. you know? Because I'd rather not have a style if people just look at my work and be like, oh, that's him, like he is that painting, while right. also being in this body as a vessel, you know what I mean? Right. And right. that shit to me, I think there's so much more of a gravitational force to that in comparison to. Let me go take shrooms and then go paint. Right. You know, right? Because like, first of all, it's I don't. Know, it's so cringy, bro. I think artists are cringy. Cliche. That I, I honestly can agree with. Because while I don't personally have a problem with getting like really, really passionate about whatever you do, because like I can acknowledge that even I've gotten that way before, like in attempts mm-hmm. for like individual projects. But it's just like you have to at at least to an extent like you have to know who you're making this art for and you have to acknowledge that like you know the the listener or like the viewer or your audience is not immediately as hooked on whatever whatever piece you're doing as you are because they're going Mm. to be seeing it like for the first time in its completed state they're not there at the beginning they're not there at you know, any sort of inspirational spark. They're not there at like square fucking one. So like you have to kind of take that sort of thing with a grain of salt, right? It's like yeah. you have to step back and and kind of look at it from a healthier perspective. And even something that I found that was very interesting um, is just because mm-hmm. um, I've been trying to pander into just like really weird, obscure music. And one of like, I guess my favorite genres that I kind of, found out about was power electronic which is just like really like loud like gross it's like scary ass fucking electronics and synthesizers and just like horrific like 
screams of pain and like shit over it. But you talk to any of these artists in interviews and they're like normal ass fucking people. And as a result, like their art comes out like perfectly fine tuned, like and it and it resonates with them and they're able to like flip into that mode like a sort of switch. They don't, you know, they're not sitting in these interviews, like, saying all this dumb, like, cryptic shit. They're they're still real, like, fucking people. And they don't have yeah. to, like, you know, drop a bunch of drugs before they go in and do any sort of interview like that. Because, like, you, you know, like, even fucking, like, if, to pan it a little more, I guess, to, like, something that's a little more well-known, like, Death Grips. Like, MC mm-hmm. Ride in interviews is just, like, a normal, quiet-ass dude. But, like, fucking... <laughs> Like, the one fucking line of him just recorded just speaking normally is like, oh, I like Jimi Hendrix or, like, whatever the fuck. Like, that's it. But then, like, you look at his music and it's, like, this completely different thing. And, you know, like, that's something that I at least really appreciate about artists is being able to make, like, music about, like, unhealthy topics or, like, in an unhealthy character but still being able to, like – flip that mode on and off and and to look at it from a healthy perspective and from the perspective of like a real person or just any other viewer because it's when people like almost take that sort of character too far that like really bothers me about that sort of thing and i agree with you it it turns out to be just like cringy and like outplayed and and fucking insecure the work just seems insecure people are like scared to fucking like be honest with themselves about the fucking work and it's cringy. It's weird. Like I, that's why I don't hang out with people like that. Right. Like you just see, like, like it's like, you just see through people like that. Like people like that are fucking cringy. They're insecure. They're awkward. They're weird. They're like, you know, fucking. It's like dog. Like <laughs> ah, like out of my face. Fuck. Yeah, their their act wears very thin. And like, there's, yeah. there's no problem that I have with like taking pride like in your work or wanting to like show that off or. or if your work again is like about any sort of other erratic thing, like I don't have yeah. a problem with that, but like you still have to be able to like talk about it and look at it and present it as a normal person. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like the biggest thing for me is, is like get outside of yourself, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Like, like just step away from yourself, put yourself out of the room, like completely. And I only mean that in the sense of like presenting the work. Like, just put all your fucking feelings aside, put your personality aside, put the character aside, switch it off, right? And just talk about it. Talk about what it's about, what you were thinking about, and let people just think the way they think. Let people feel the way they feel, you know? Right, but, you're going to get but, caught up in all those filters and, and all that. Right, because, like, it every it all, all of a sudden, the work just becomes, like, it becomes a competition where it's, like, I have to have the best work. Everyone has to look at my work and be, like, oh, this is the best everything ever. This is the best since Picasso. This is the best since Michelangelo. This is the best since Raphael. But mm. in reality, like, even back then, those fucking artists, some of them, you know, I mean, let's let's be honest. When when was Michelangelo painting on this? on the chapel on the i mean Sistine it was chapel? It, it was very chapel. late it, it was late in his career that's that's the point at least i'm trying to make is it's that like right when you're starting as an artist when you're even a young artist in your career you know or even if you're older a dead artist or you're an artist that, that's been around for a long time there's people that aren't going to like you there's people that aren't going to like your work there's people that are always going to find the flaws in it and there's also going to be the people that are always going to find the positive qualities in it like mm-hmm. people look at Picasso and they hate his work, and I've literally heard people say this that they literally hate his work because they find his work to be appropriative of native culture. 
like that like he's appropriating native culture when in reality his work as a humanism is it's like this humanism commentary on the fact that like beauty is this extensive it, it it's not just about man amongst god like what michelangelo was doing in the sistine chapel it's man amongst himself and let me show you all these different fucking cultures that we don't see in europe and look at all this beauty look at all these beautiful women look at all these beautiful people that exist in africa that exist in south america that exist in india that exist in asia right and let's fucking let, let's put this let's let's put these interactions together and let's build work about it let's document this shit just so that we know that you know back back at the time europe was it but they also know that there's all there, there's all these different cultures and there's beauty in all these different cultures but mm. people want to take that and people want to be like he's appropriating culture he's this he's that you know yeah and so someone as grand as him someone who can think as much as he does about his work and someone who's like puts all this geometric concepts and math into his work into his drawings into his cubism it's like if people hate on that shit, they're definitely gonna hate on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, like, let's be honest about it. Like, you're not getting people, very far. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're like who? Like, who do you think you are to the point where it's like, like, who, who do you honestly think you are to think that people won't hate it, right. or someone out there's not gonna like it, or not gonna be able to connect with it? I mean, that's just how it is with everything. I mean, certain people like rap. Certain people like rock certain people like country certain people like hippie shit some people like ditch like techno shit i mean everyone has different tastes everyone has different culture and just like accept that shit build a niche around a certain type of work or body of work or group of work you like and allow people to enter into that try and bring people into it try and expose these new concepts to people but if they're not biting at it don't be fucking upset about it don't be insecure about it don't be like it's all going over your heads you know yeah thing yeah yeah, yeah. maybe it's not maybe they get it but they just don't like it right you know everybody every artist nowadays has, has the fucking the mental complex of an eminem stan right yeah it's so fucking weird dude right and that's something that i i feel like i guess kind of on that topic is like it's almost that mentality is like almost being pandered to because especially mainly in like uh the realm of like popular music because Mm. now the the motive for that um and what a lot of people will either like dock pop music for or like praise pop music for is like it's relatability and that's the main reason why like a lot of just like music critics or just music snobs have a general disliking of pop music is because yes, it's an amalgamation of just pop culture. That's true. But like the formula for pop music in trying to be like as relatable and like brand friendly almost as possible is, is something that is very like almost kind of borderline disrespectful to somebody or anybody going through like an artistic process because you should be putting out work all of the time with the assumption that people are going to hate it. And when you yeah. try to like remove that and be like let me let me try to please everybody. Let me try to make please or let me try to make as many people happy as possible. Like that kind of removes that whole sort of leg from the process. And how many how many artists do we know nowadays where they're not even they're artists but they're just a singer? right you know exactly like they don't they don't write it they don't produce it they don't mix it they don't master it they don't engineer it mm-hmm. they don't do anything they just they just essentially read it yeah and they, they're voice. narrators that can hit notes mm-hmm. like right. is that really even art right i mean or is that, yeah i mean is it, I, I is guess. it art is it art or is it technically sound 
That's what I mean. Yeah, you like, make a point. You can, like you could praise it for being like, wow, that girl can hit that high note. Mm. But what does she actually feel when she's hitting that high note? Right. Does she feel anything at all? Does she give a fuck at all? Right. You know? How does how does the, does she does she take in consideration how hitting that high note affects the rest of the instrumental of that song? Right. And how does how how do all of these things play a part in the way the consumer accepts the work? accepts accepts the song accepts the piece accepts the painting right i think there there are definitely ways to make artistic pop records because that that totally has been done and totally can be done Uh, but Mm. it's just it's the mentality of of pop music of just trying to be relatable that to me is just like kind of like borderline blindsided to the just the general artistic process because that's one thing that um at least for me because like i have my background in in, like acting and whatnot that's something that i can appreciate about just like learning how to act or like taking acting classes is like the first thing they teach you is like you need to be ready for rejection (laughs) like you if you go into an audition and they tell you like nope bye like that's it you got to get used to it and that's something that i at least appreciate the acting industry for is because there i feel like the most upfront about that. I don't know exactly how it is in in the music industry because I know there's this whole big like I guess mentality of like trying to make it and you know like on the come up sort of thing. And I don't know how much that that affects that sort of defeat mentality or how much that like interferes with it. But that's something that I can I like I said I can appreciate about um just acting is they're very upfront with like you need to be making art or at least performing art in a way that like you know it's gonna piss somebody off yeah like, do not go into yeah. this with the exception or, or with the assumption rather of like having everybody in that audience stand up and cheer for you because they're not if you, if people are mad at your art you're doing it right mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah i think you're i think you're hitting the nail on the head right there right and i think a lot of what holds people back from doing that is just the fear of that rejection no. right i think that i don't i can't talk about the music industry because i'm not I, i'm not gonna lie i don't know shit be honest but when it comes to the art world i mean it's everyone's afraid of that everyone doesn't want to be the one that gets shit on in front of a large group of people like and so they hold themselves back they hold back what they really want to make they hold back what they really feel right and then they just end up becoming a shell of who they could be they become a shell of the painter. They could become the shell of the artist. They could be, and you know, nothing ever comes of it. And there's a reason for that, right? right. And I don't know. It's it's kind of it's very sad to see because I I know a lot of I know a lot of people even now where it's like if they just committed to whatever the fuck they wanted to make, mm-hmm. they could do it. You know, right. like they they could they could easily do it, but they would just have to spend like a solid five six years committed to it, right? And you know. They probably just aren't willing to do that. Right. Because right? wouldn't you say that like the best um, – whether this go for like even individual songs or albums or, or maybe even paintings because I don't know exactly how it is. But wouldn't you say the best ones are the ones that are the most like unapologetic or the ones that like are the most sort of like personally driven and just like this is what I'm saying. I don't care if you like it or don't. Yeah. 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 I'd say I'd say the word for that is raw. Raw, yeah, thank you. You know, I think that the best paintings are always the rawest painting. I think the best paintings are the ones that are done 
you know, there's they're, they're not even stretched. The, the canvases aren't even stretched out. They're fucking in some like shithole spot, and they've got paint everywhere, all over the wall, all over the shit. And all they do is like what I'm doing, being a fucking rat. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like they they make like 400, 500 works, and then all of a sudden, this like thing blossoms. They have this thing now that's like undescribed. You can't you can't describe it. You can't say what it is. It's not it's not skill. It's not talent. But it's just this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this X factor. And then all of a sudden, now all of their work becomes this fantastic, great great thing, great innovative thing. And right. it wouldn't have happened if they held themselves back. It wouldn't have happened if they weren't rats. It wouldn't have happened if. <laughs> They, I don't know, fucking just gave into the fear of it. Gave into the fear of being whatever, whatever their fear is. But I don't know, man. I think that fear is a really important part of life. Right. Because it really, it's fear. It's just, it's the thing that keeps people alive, you know? Like mm-hmm. without fear, we'd be walking out in the street, getting hit by cars, like just not giving a fuck. Yeah. And I think that when you remove fear from people, that's really when it's over for them. You know, like they—that's really when it's like they, there's no hope. Right. And I, so I think I think that when you have fear, it's the type of thing where it's like you either rise above it or you shell away. You know, like mm-hmm. you either take something from it and you rise above and you do something with that, or you just shell up and just run away from it. And yeah. I think that. I think that people love to talk and I think a lot of these quote unquote artists, whether it's musicians, whether it's, you know, painters, whatever the fuck you call yourself. If you call yourself an artist, you call yourself a creative person, mm-hmm. you know, the real, the, the real world, the real fear that you have, it will end up exposing you one day. Right. And whether that exposure is positive or negative being you're going to rise up from it or you're going to shell away from it. Uh, it's going to be the thing that defines you in everyone's eyes. Yeah. And so, I mean, if there's any artist that's like listening to this, I would honestly say the one thing you're afraid of making is probably the thing you should be doing. Yep. Like all day, every day, you know, like even if you have to write down, like, or like, honestly, like think about and meditate on like, what am I afraid of doing right now? What am I afraid of taking a risk on? What am I afraid of? And then just going towards that. Because mm-hmm. it, it it can really only help you. It can like because even if you completely fuck it up, at least you understand how it works now. Right. It's like what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. Yeah. It's like everything you've made up until now hasn't worked clearly because you're still this un- underground person that nobody knows. Right. But clearly, what you're what you're making isn't working. So what what are you afraid of at this point? Just take risks. Take like try new shit that you're interested in. And, yeah. and only try, but it's and that that doesn't mean just try new shit for the sake of trying new shit. Try the shit that you're interested in. If you're like for me, I'm only interested in painting, so I'm not gonna go fucking do sculpture. But if I got the interest to go do sculpture, guess what I'm gonna be fucking doing, right? Like yeah, exactly. It's it's about taking the thing you're interested in and not being afraid of it, facing it, failing at it if you fucking have to. And then putting it in your arsenal, putting it in your toolbox. So then later on, or for the exact next thing you do, or even if you want to redo the same thing, you can do it better. You can make it something even better than what the fuck it was before. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I don't know, man. People are just so afraid of it. And I don't, it's weird. I don't understand this whole, like, I don't, I don't understand that about the art world. I really don't. Right. Because to kind of backpedal a little bit, um, when you were talking about just, like, fear, 
because I, mm. I, I don't exactly remember where I heard this. I'm going to have to figure this out later. Um, but fear, like, I guess could just be generally like defined as like the instinct that like keeps people alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But artistic fear is the instinct that keeps you from rejection. Mm. Right. So it's, it's in like real world terms. If you lose the fear and go do some stupid ass bungee jump, you know, congrats, you did like a cool thing in the artistic world. Once you lose that that fear and you put out this bold work like then it's done then you can just like you can go from there you know sort of thing so it's just about like and don't get me wrong removing what i guess could technically defined as like an instinct is fucking hard like it's not something that like people are trained to do but it's something you want to know something you want to know something you want to know the one thing you're focusing on right now you want to know the one similarity between those two fucking things Mm -hmm. it's the word instinct right you know, it's the, it's the fucking, this is what I feel right now. I'm going to go do it right now. Boom, bam, do it, done. Right. You know, right. like that's it. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's all you fucking have. That's all you have as an artist. There's no, I mean, sure. You can plan it out. You can think about it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let me make a bunch of drafts. Let me draw it out. But like, dude, that instinct is the thing you really want to fucking capture. And if you have the talented ability to be able to hold that shit in for months at a time, good fucking luck, kid. But for me, like, I know for a fact I could never hold in my instinct for more than, like, an hour or two at a time. Right. And so, like, when I have that instinct, when I have that thing, I instantly just run over and I fucking make the work right then and there. And it takes me 45 minutes, an hour to fucking do it, and it literally looks like I spent months on it. Because mm. I'm literally just fully capturing the instinct. Right. Like, I don't know, man. That, that, that's another thing about raw, rawness in, in art, rawness in music. Mm. Like capturing that instinct, capturing that act first, think later, capturing that fear you're feeling. That's, I don't know. Like, there's yeah. just really there's something very special about that. And I think it's something that not everyone can do because not everyone can harness it or not everyone can hold, hold it, you know? Right. And to kind of, I guess, like uh, branch off of that into talking about music a little bit is like um, the thing about just like, you know, everybody starting with like pop music. That's, you know, like when you're younger, you just listen to like what the hell is on the radio. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what you start off listening to. But I'm of like the firm belief that like the more music that you listen to, the like more harder to listen to music you're going to eventually get into because what happens with anybody who who would have any sort of genuine appreciation for music is that like after a while you're going to get tired and really fucking bored of all of the nice and pretty bells and whistles that come on every typical pop album or just every typical rap album and you need something different that's why you kind of like pander uh, sonically like into the unknown and why you and it's how people at least for me like end up developing these different tastes because like you need something more raw you get tired of hearing perfectly auto-tuned vocals so you go listen to a band that has maybe like good but maybe more awkward vocal performances like i don't know fucking like radiohead or some shit like that (laughs) where it's like it's raw like that's not say it's bad but it's much more like real like you're gonna get tired of listening to like an auto-tune voice hit the notes perfectly and you're gonna get tired of like a simple like rattling hi-hats trap beat so 
I don't know, go fucking mm-hmm. listen to like JPEG Mafia or like some shit. So <laughs> my point is just like with that sort of raw energy, that at least in my mind translates over to music very well because it's very easy to get tired of you know, stuff that is like radio friendly or, or stuff that's just like generally like in the mainstream. And it's how and why I think people need to be like pandering into just other general genres or other different sounds because it's much more real and it's much more human. Yeah, 100%. That's literally abstraction. Right. And in any of itself, it's literally everyone got so sick and tired of realism that they were like, what, like, what is out there that I don't know of? What right. is the unknown, right? You get what tired of looking at like bowls of fruit, so you're like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna do weird shit now." <laughs> Fuck this! Let me go explore the fucking void and right. make it into something. You know, like, yeah, man, <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, I think that 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 sort of like raw, real energy translates really well between between all art forms, like even stuff that I'm I'm not a fan of, like fucking um. For instance, like poetry, like I'm not, I'm not like oh. the biggest poetry person, um, but like, uh, you know, after just many high school classes of, of just reading fucking, oh, captain, my captain, like I'm, I'm over <laughs> it, dude. But like, yeah, fuck that shit, man. but like real raw poetry that like, I, I've seen some poetry that panders into like intrusive thoughts of people just like, I thought about murder today or like whatever, or like. Stuff like that. Like, <laughs> Yo, or like, that's what literally if I... that Kanye track. I woke up and thought about killing you. Yeah, the, the opener off of Yay. I, I Dude, thought about killing you. So... Right, or like, what if I <laughs> suffocated so my grandma with a pillow right now? Like, shit like that. To that's me, so it's morbid. like, yeah, but it's like, that is the stuff that I can at least appreciate because it's like, it's raw. It's real. You know the person yeah. thought that shit. <laughs> like, intrusive oh, thoughts man. is something that is really fascinating to me, especially in music, mm-hmm. which is why... Again, I, I love power electronic because it's it's all about just like intrusive animalistic thoughts of I'm, just like like gruesome like murder and all this like horrible shit. But like mm-hmm. it's so real and it can be presented in very outlandish ways. But like, you know, because intrusive thoughts just in general, I think are really fascinating because it's like everybody thinks about like when you're driving you're like what if i swerved into the opposite lane right fucking now oh dude i think about that every time i get behind the wheel right holy right? shit you think about that, that you're is like so true right everything oh my god everybody that has so that moment you're true. like if i just moved my hand a little bit to the right i could hit 10 people on the sidewalk right now like everybody <laughs> thinks about it and there are so many genres of music and i'm assuming and and from what you've told and like how raw it is so many forms of painting that are all about showing like intrusive thoughts and stuff like that which makes it like as raw and real as you can get and if you can put cool sounds or cool colors to go with that that's fucking great which is why like i love that that's totally fucking like Cy Twombly, Francis Bacon type shit. Like right. Francis Bacon <laughs> is like such a like such a painter where it's like let me just show you the most gruesome horrific shit possible let me fucking paint a hospital bed with a disformed human being like completely cut open on it or some right. shit like that and then Twombly's like the complete opposite it's like let me create a sense of peace and hope for you by creating these very harsh scratchy marks with crayons and colored pencils and shit right. and like dude oh yeah man like that that's that's the real shit like that for me is the real the real art 
Right. Yeah. That's that's the stuff that I was like talking about earlier that I that I love because being able to see that raw energy and just being like, oh, shit, because it reminds you that like real people are behind every song that gets made, every every painting that gets painted, mm-hmm. you know, like real people have to do that. And yeah, you you kind of forget like how, you know. At, at least in terms of music, you kind of forget like that real people are behind these tracks because now you have like mountains of producers and just like all this, all this stuff that makes it way more manufactured than it should be. And that's not to say that like manufactured stuff again can't be done well or can't sound good because it totally can. But like, yeah, yeah it's I, just I like eventually you're gonna miss that sort of real energy. Yeah, I I think that's very true. I think that I think that sometimes every now and then comes an artist that does it well, menu as as menu as create create something manufactured and they do it well. Right. I think that happens maybe once a generation. Mm-hmm. But there's all these other artists that are also create like capturing this fucking insanely tight lit energy and just reproducing that shit and mm-hmm. just expelling it out to other people and it's almost like their body and their mind is just this vessel you know is this vessel for energy to enter into and then expel out of yeah and then everybody else around them sort of just soaks up what gets expelled you know mm-hmm. and i think that for at least for me you know those are the real artists that you should be paying attention to and they're not necessarily right. the artists that are going to be making topics about like women. Like they're they're not necessarily going to be making topics about like women's issues, men's issues, political parties, presidential candidates. I don't know. I mean, I think for me, like this is the first time I've ever made work about race. Okay. In my entire like five six years of painting, this is probably the first time where I've honestly been like, I'm gonna make some shit about race. Right. And even in that, even in that, I'm not inspired by race. I'm not, I'm inspired by... You're inspired by, raw, like, more your own personal experience with it, not, like, the concept, I guess, maybe. That, and even, like, just the feeling of it. Right. The okay. feeling and the energy of it, and transmitting that into a, into a fucking portal that is the canvas, and then allowing people to enter into it. Right. And then just building a body of work that talks about the concept of what happened. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that sort of duality between what the artist is feeling when they're making or what they're thinking about and then the interpretation of what everyone gets out of it is so lost. Right. You know? I think I think I think and it could be. An, and, you know, we talked about fear for so fucking long, it feels like. But mm-hmm. maybe that's part of the fear as it's like artists want to hold on to their interpretation so fucking hard that they're unwilling to accept the fact that other people when interpreting their work like get something else out of it right or feel something else from it you know what i mean it's even more if about it's like, about the same topic yeah. it's just a different energy or a different feeling and then all of a sudden they freak the fuck out right it's more about um artists nowadays i see, i guess seem to have more of a stipulation with like making the listener um, or making the audience, making the viewer want to like, it's about putting their experiences into like their, the artist's experiences into the viewer's head instead of letting them kind of 
take from their own body of work and reinterpret that because it should be like that sort of beautiful cycle thing like the artist looks inside themselves or like at any sort of thing they've experienced and they make something based off of that and then um the audience or the viewer or the listener can listen to that and it doesn't have to they don't have to pull that exact thing or that exact anecdote or story or whatever but they can still relate to it and understand it and and get a different feeling and i think that that's i think that's what greatness really is mm -hmm. at least in relation to art it's doing that thing which is something extremely difficult and extremely hard to do it takes a lot of time to really like perfect and practice and get really good at right and making it seem so effortless right you know? and i think that the best artists are the ones that make an album within a week or they mm -hmm. like they like for example like they scrap the album and then they make another one within a week or like a, the best painters are like the ones that made an entire i don't know like 16 body thing of work in seven days yeah. it's not the fact that they were up for seven days it's the fact that they took this entire thing that they were building up and then found a way to manufacture it in a way that allows everyone else to experience it and get the feeling of what they're trying to produce in a completely different way mm -hmm. that is individualized to whoever the fuck the viewer is and not who the artist is right because it's not about the artist. It's never about the artist. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't fucking get that sometimes. I think people are so fucking hell bent on having their name out there versus their painting out there or versus okay. their song out there or versus their album out there. I think, I think it's sometimes, I, th I think honestly, I honestly think if your work's good enough, your name's going to be attached to it regardless. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you're so hell-bent on the image of who you are as an artist, I think sometimes your work can suffer from that or sometimes you can hold things back from your work that right. you would, without that feeling, you know, put into it. And that thing that you're holding back is really the thing that needs to be in it. And that's really the thing that, sorry, that's really the thing that like pushes the work further. That's really the thing that makes the work what it is and makes the work known. And then because the work is something, now all of a sudden people know who you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that sort of self-insert tendency. I, I get what you're saying. But I will mm. say the one thing I, I at least in that uh, kind of spiel, that I do kind of disagree with is the best art is stuff that's that's made in like seven days. I understand where you're coming from because it ends up being like the most real and the most like close to whatever the artist's vision is. But mm. I think that being able to come up with like the concept or like whatever you want to to talk about or or show in either painting or a piece of music in seven days or like in an hour like is fine but i personally don't have any problem with like artists who who take that and perfect it over the course of like years because oh yeah 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 I, sorry i didn't cut you go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off no you're fine you're fine i was just saying like because I think the the mindset of um, at least in terms of like from a I, I guess a quote unquote critic perspective is the mindset of like the best albums are are the ones made in in a short frame of time. Mm -hmm. Like yes, that's going to end up being the most raw, but that leaves I think too much. I guess not the word I'm looking for is like leniency to the artist to kind of do whatever they want and like yeah they should be able to do what they want but my point is 
the focus should to an extent be on making it the best piece of art that it can be on top of right. you know doing whatever you want to do. And I think that the mindset of that short time frame doesn't allow them enough room to reach their full potential of like how close they want to, you know, perfect that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think that speaking from my process, it usually ends up being seven days. Right. Or usually ends up being a short amount of time, generally speaking, maybe like a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are artists and I, I, I would agree with what you're saying that there are, there are, it just depends on your process. It depends on the way you approach your work. Um, but that's also not to say that when you're perfecting something over a year or so, that also you're still making work every day. It's just that it's the only thing people end up inevitably seeing is the piece that gets made or the other thing that gets perfected over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, it's almost like a process of note-taking where you're constantly making work, you're constantly making work, blah, 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 over and over and over. And then you start to see the flaws in it, you start to see the good things in it. Um, objectively, not even just subjectively, the things you like, just objectively what's good about it, what's bad about it, perfecting it over the course of a year. But yeah. even even in that year, you're still doing it on a daily basis. You're still making it a part of your daily routine to to perfect this thing, to master this thing. Right, so right, right. I like, I think what you're saying is totally correct. Like, spot on and i think there are plenty of artists that work like mm-hmm. i mean i know a lot of people who have either gone to nyu currently going to nyu or are teaching or have taught at nyu where that's exactly how they work right you know? like they might work every day but they definitely spend a year working on a project at a time right you know? so, yeah i totally get yeah. that and uh just one thing that I, I just happened to remember in the middle of this in terms of like um backpedaling just a little bit uh towards the end here about like intrusive thoughts and whatnot and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, like I love that shit because it's like the most real. Um I don't remember if I either you know of or I have talked to you about uh everywhere at the end of time. Everywhere at the end of time. Is that the dementia? Yes, album? it's the dementia yeah, album. The dementia album. But um, I've seen, I think you talked to me about it, but I think I've also like seen a video on it or heard something right. about it. Right, there are a lot I'm of video now. essays and and shit that are like floating around on YouTube and whatnot. Yeah. But um, one point that I actually remembered in the in some video essay that I watched about it was um. Uh, the art like with. Because the album is technically like six different albums, right? And it was released yeah, yeah. in the span it's like, of like three years. It's like different steps throughout the process of dementia and yeah, each like different part, stages. And each, there's like, each like, like album this. cover for each uh, like different stage, right? Yeah, yeah. And the gimmick about that uh, is that like the art uh, progressively for the further the stages uh, go, it becomes less and less decipherable. Like, it becomes way more just, like, abstract and, like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Like, mm-hmm. and there was a story about what that was kind of, like, inspired by. And it was an artist, or a painter, rather, named um, William Uttermolen. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that last name. But he was an artist uh, who, uh, in 1995, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And then, like, every year, as it progressively got worse, he did a self-portrait of himself and it became mm. like more distorted and abstract and like it gets kind of like scary almost like you see the end and it's just like this mesh of like 
unrecognizable face parts and yeah. whatnot. And that I think like I, I wanted to bring it up earlier, but that I think is like the perfect bridge between like painting and music is that sort of intrusive thoughts and just raw energy is the m- most direct path between all art forms is I guess what I was trying to emphasize earlier. And yeah, it's a fascinating story about mm-hmm. um about this guy. Yeah, it's just this it's really nice like the documentation of the, the documentation of the process of time, you know? Right. And and really like not necessarily like mm, how do I put this? Just sort of like when you see when you see everything lined up together and you see it all sort of all at once. Mm-hmm. It can be the type of thing that's very confusing. And it yeah. can even it could even be interpreted as staged, I think, sometimes. Right. But or forced. You really, yeah. yeah, but when you really get into it and you really get in and understand what the work actually is or about, and then you see that process, it becomes something that's very beautiful in a way. There's very, there's very beautiful, not necessarily um descent like ascension into depth, there's very beautiful whatever, but more like this just beauty the, the beautiful documentation of what death is what the end of a lifetime can look like and Mm -hmm. i think that that sort of process being captured through that album or through the different stages that you can call different albums and even with william utermullen i think that's how you said it right yeah um i think that's amazing right you know it's something that i i would love more artists across the board and across your medium to take advantage of (laughs) Right, you know, 100%. and it's so much about identity, which I I think is what people care care a lot about right now, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone I don't know I think everyone really cares about their story, you know, right, and I think everyone's at the at a point where it's like, um, like and I think that's in a way part of my work in a way where it's like, you know, we're we're talking about equality, we're talking about race and whatnot but we're also talking about individual experiences Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes the push for individual experiences can overwhelm or bring down what equal outcome we're invested in for all people in society you see what i'm saying right it sort of like pushes that out of the way it kind of it like becomes its own i guess like selfish sort of thing yeah, and not not even selfish. Some not it doesn't have to be selfish. Well, not like, like selfish, but like very just too, uh, too centered, I guess, or just like too not. I don't know how to phrase it, but like individualistic. Individualistic. Yes, thank you. I'm stumbling yeah. on my words today. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Right. I think that I think that that is very. I don't know. I think I think when I look at work like that, or I think it, when and I going back to looking at work and being like, that is that artist, you know? Right. I think that that's the most important thing out there. And I don't think that I've ever looked at work that I've genuinely liked consistently and said, and, and, and not said those words or not thought those things or not felt that, yeah, this artist really did make, them, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think <laughs> we are actually going to be 
closing out here. Uh, do you have a website or anywhere where people could find you? Feel free to just plug whatever you want <laughs> right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my website is ApolloRene.com and my Instagram is ApolloJeanRene. Um, yeah. Okay. Check me out. Check out my art. Hope you like it. Be Will good. do. Okay. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye.